Hello and welcome to your guide to the good stuff. I'm your host, Jim Graber. Life is too short not to enjoy every moment of it, so we're going to share with you the tips, tricks, tools, and strategies to help make your day-to-day life easier and more enjoyable. Plus, we're going to help you create those special moments, the ones that lead to lifetime memories, all without breaking the bank, because you deserve it. Hello and welcome to today's episode, Reading for Your Own Good. Last week, I went into some detail about a few of the books on World War II that I'd recently read. History has a way of repeating itself, and that era in world history was intense, to say the least, and it's interesting to note the patterns and see some things playing out today. This week, I want to discuss a few books for your self-development. Working on yourself is one of the most important things you can do, be it physical conditioning or mental growth. So let me share with you what I've found to be some great books to help you on your journey of growth. I want to start with a classic, a book written by Napoleon Hill. It's called Think and Grow Rich. This one book is credited with creating more millionaires and financially successful people than any other book in history. And Napoleon Hill was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie to interview the 500 most powerful and successful men and women of his time to find their secrets to success. The result was the book Think and Grow Rich. Now, one major element that Hill introduces the reader to is this idea of the conscious and subconscious minds, and many people are familiar with the concept today, but in 1937, it was a new idea. The conscious mind is the part of the mind you're using to evaluate my words right now. It involves all the things you're currently aware of and thinking about. Hill and every other self-improvement guru since him will tell you, however, the real power lies within the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is always working. It makes our heart beat, our lungs breathe, and all without mental involvement. He states it's the link between our desires and infinite intelligence, which is where the real power lies. Many people would call it God. Scientific research is calling it the zero field. In short, this is the level where thoughts are turned into things. Now, of course, you might be saying, Jim, you're a little bit insane, and it doesn't work that way, but science, and especially quantum physics, is proving the reality of this every single day. I will review some of the books and research on that subject in the future. It's pretty detailed. And a book called The Answer dives into that kind of research if you want to read ahead. Some Christians struggle with the concept of it all. I read a book that was written in the 60s and tried to tie it all together. Jesus said in Matthew 17, chapter 17, verses 20 through 21, For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. He was trying to tell us the power of our minds. Jesus said after he left, he would send us a helper within the Holy Spirit. I believe this is the power being accessed by the subconscious mind infinite intelligence, God, zero field, whatever you want to call it. Napoleon Hill taught you how to access and direct the subconscious mind. Daily affirmations are a big part of his teachings. He also taught having faith in the outcome as a key to success. You have to visualize it as if you're already there. World-class athletes are trained to visualize crossing the finish line first or winning the game. 
They visualize so often and with such clarity that soon it becomes an expectation instead of an idea of a want or a desire. Many people will tell you, get out of life what you expect. There's a tale of an old man sitting along the road on the edge of a town. A couple walking by stops to talk. They explain they are just moving into town and they want to know what the people are like. He asks them, what were the people like in the town you used to live in? Oh, they were fantastic, they say. We had so many friends, we hated to leave, but a job change forced the move. The old man looks up and replies, well, the people here are all pretty much the same as where you came from. A while later, another couple walks by and also stops to talk. They're also moving into the new town, and they want to know how the people are in this town. When he asked how it was in the previous place they lived, they exclaimed, everyone was mean. The people were so hateful and so angry, we had to move. And he looks down and sadly tells them, the people here are pretty much the same. The story illustrates it's not about the people in the town that you're moving to, but how each couple is. Do you know someone that always seems to live life one mess to another? Problems seem to follow them everywhere. I've heard it said this way, you get out of life what you expect. The hardest part is to realize that you are in control of what you get. Then you need to change your expectations. The issue is you have to overcome years, if not decades, of programming your subconscious mind on what to expect. Convince it that now you want something different. It changes how you perceive events that happen in your life. I had a mentor that was amazing at this process. We had traveled together to an event, and on the return flight, we get to the airport to find it had been canceled. The first words out of his mouth were, I'm the luckiest human being I know. He said it again out loud to the ticket agent after explaining our situation. We ended up on the very next flight in first class for no extra charge. He simply manifested it with his positive outlook and expectation. He expected things to happen great and expected to be the luckiest human being he knew, and he was. Once you reach the place of understanding that you are in charge of what you get and don't get out of life, the next hard part, crazy as it sounds, is deciding what you really want. Hill says you have to be specific in what you want. The universe does not work on vague ideas, so I want a new car will not work. I want a dark blue Aston Martin Vanquish, for example, is beginning to be very specific. Part of all this has to do with the reticular activating system in the brain. The subconscious takes in everything you see, hear, smell, and sense. Not most of it, but absolutely everything. Your conscious mind would be overwhelmed and you would go insane with all that input. So the subconscious mind filters it down to what it believes is important to you and protects you from all the rest of the information. So here's an example. I'm going to use a car because it's an easy example and I'm a car guy. You buy a yellow two-door sports car. You swear it must be the only one in town, but driving home you see them everywhere. Or maybe someone you know just bought a Jeep and suddenly every third car in traffic is a Jeep. You never noticed it before. Did those vehicles suddenly appear? No, but now your subconscious mind knows that that is important to you. So when the eyes see one of these vehicles, it lets the information filter into your conscious brain. The same will happen with opportunities to get you what you desire in life. 
We live in a world of total abundance, but we have to reprogram our subconscious minds to let us see it. Again, its primary focus is to give us what we want and keep us alive. Too much information can cause issues, so it's very careful in how it lets information through, which is why it's so important you know exactly what you want and what you really want. Not some passing fad or wish, but something that will truly make you happy. A deep down, this is something I really, really want. A level that will let the subconscious know you're serious. Some people are masters at this without seeming to try. I have one friend in particular who thinks about something he wants, and within a couple weeks, the opportunity arises to get it at some screaming deal. He's a master. To help you get down to what you want, I suggest a program by Matthew McConaughey called Green Lights. It's based on his book, Green Lights. Now listen to the book first, and I suggest you do the audio because Matthew narrates it. He brings the entire story to life. It is immensely entertaining, and it gives insight into his life philosophy and how he got to where he's at. Then the program follows a road trip format to help you sort out where you want to go, find the baggage that's holding you back, and how to change your thinking to get where you want to go. It's fascinating to me how each of us have different perceptions and reactions to things that happen to us, and our reactions determine our results. McConaughey's story has some of the wildest events that I'd never heard about before. He certainly had an unorthodox upbringing, but you can see how it shaped him and his beliefs and expectations he had about his own life. I think it helps explain how two people from the same circumstances can have completely different life outcomes. The key is to understand that you can control the path you go down, and he asks probing questions throughout the program to help you decide what you really want out of life, not what you think you want, or more importantly, what others have always wanted for you. Now, to be clear, success is not simply thinking about success, but you also have to do work. Building good habits is one of the easiest ways to help you on your path. The book Atomic Habits is a fantastic source on how to build successful habits. He named the book Atomic Habits in reference to the atom, one of the smallest particles. People often try to make one giant change to create a large habit, and it almost always fails. It's too much change at once, and the mind can't accept it. But tiny changes, repeated and built upon, develop lifelong habits. The book resonated with me because I'd read about many examples of this, but it did not state it as distinctly as this book. One thing I read by a psychologist who wanted to finish the book I happened to be reading, and he wanted to learn to play guitar. Instead, after a day of teaching at college, he would come home, flop down on the couch, grab the remote, and turn on the TV. Four hours later, it was time for bed. He realized he was doing what was convenient. So first, he pulled the batteries from the remote and experimented with how hard he had to make it to get them before he looked for something else to do. If they were in the stand beside the couch, he just simply put the batteries in. He found out a 45-second walk into the kitchen to pull out a drawer and get the batteries did the trick. Next, he put the guitar from the bedroom closet and put it by the couch. He realized the guitar was a lot of steps to go through to get, and he wouldn't take it. Then he left his laptop with the manuscript on the couch. 
The first night he came home, plopped on the couch as usual, hit the remote. Nothing happened. For a second, he was surprised. Then he remembered where the batteries were. That seemed like a long ways to go because the other two options were much closer. So the end result was he learned to play guitar and finish the book without any strain or heartache. He just put the things he wanted to do in an easier place to achieve them. The idea of making good things to do easier than the habits you want to break is a main theme of Atomic Habits. He gives many great examples. When he goes out to eat, he has the waiter box up half the meal in a to-go box before bringing it to the table. So that way, he cleans his plate like many of us were taught and conditioned to do as a kid, and at the same time, eats much less food. Restaurant portions are so huge, he doesn't have to think about it. It's already been portioned out for him. He also does a great job of helping you break down your ultimate goal into much smaller steps than you think would be helpful. For example, if you want to start out a workout habit, then get dressed in workout clothes on the days you want to do it, with the promise of nothing more. Then move up to driving to the gym and just walk in. No workout planned, just show up. It's such an easy step, you get little resistance from your brain. Eventually, your mind will reason, well, we're dressed up in here, let's go work out, of course. Start slow and build up. It's a great standalone book if you know some of the things you want to accomplish, but there's so much more to share about these topics we don't have time today. These things will give you a start, and the power of the mind cannot be overstated. I really encourage you, start into a self-improvement journey. Pick up one of these books. If you want to get some self-improvement and entertainment, read McConaughey's Green Lights, and Atomic Habits will definitely help you on your journey. We're always interested to hear what you think. Please go to our website, yourguidetothegoodstuff.com, and leave us feedback. That's Y-O-U-R, guidetothegoodstuff.com. You can also reach out at our email, yourguidetothegoodstuff at gmail.com. New episodes are released every Monday and can be found wherever you get your podcast. As an added benefit, if you sign up for our email, you will receive a synopsis of what Monday's episode is about on the Sunday before. Plus, you'll get any links we share and behind-the-scenes photos delivered to your email on the Monday after the episode is released. In the meantime, have a fantastic week, and as my friend would always say, Arrivederci.